Good morning and welcome to the Berean Post Bible Podcast. For those of you that have been following along, you know that we have been going through the book of 1 Corinthians and we are now going to be looking at chapter 3 verses 5 to verse 11 and as is my custom, I'm just going to go ahead and jump right in. Paul uh, starts by saying, uh, who then is Paul, and who is Apollos, but ministers through whom you believed, as the Lord gave to each one? I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase, so that neither he who plants is anything, nor he who waters, but, but God who gives the increase. Now he who plants and he who waters are one, and each one will receive his own reward according to his own labor. For we are God's fellow workers, you are God's field, you are God's building, according to the grace of God, which was given to me, as a wise master builder, I've laid the foundation, and another builds on it, but let each one take heed how he builds on it, for no other foundation can anyone lay other than that which is laid, Jesus Christ. In verses um, 5 through 8, Paul appears to summarize his previous arguments, he he poses a theological question, who then is Paul or who is Apollos? He promptly answers that they are ministers um, through whom others believe. Paul emphasizes that both he and Apollos are necessary and have distinct roles. He, he compares their functions to planting and watering. Paul states that he is the one who plants while uh, Apollos wa- waters. To clarify what he means by I planted, Paul suggests that it refers <coughs> excuse me, uh, first refers to him uh, to refers to God using him to show the gospel, sow gospel seeds in the city of Corinthians. However, it's important to note that it was not God's intentions for Paul to remain solely in Corinth, as we gather from the extensive records of his missionary journeys and impact elsewhere. Well, who was Apollos? Okay, the seeds of the, of the gospel have been planted in the city of Corinth thanks to Paul, but, but now what? Who, who, who is left to give leadership to this new group? And this is where the role of Apollos comes in. Apollos was an eloquent Jewish believer from Alexandria, Egypt, and is portrayed as a talented and passionate preacher who played a significant role in spreading the message of Jesus Christ, particularly in Ephesus and Corinth. He had a deep knowledge of the scripture, and that's the Old Testament. He, he understood the Old Testament very well, and a fervent spirit, and this is recorded in, in Acts 18.24. When Apollos arrived in Ephesus, he fearlessly spoke in the synagogues teaching about Jesus, And although his understanding of the Corinthian faith was limited to the baptism of John the Baptist, recognizing that Apollo needed complete instruction, Aquila and Priscilla, a Christian couple, took him aside and explained the way of God more accurately. Their mentoring and encouragement were crucial in Apollo's Apollo's growth. And that again can be found in Acts 18, uh, verses um, Verse 26. After receiving instruction from Aquila and Priscilla, Apollos continues his missionary travel to Achaia, which included Corinth, and he he actively assisted those who believed by grace and boldly refuted the arguments of the Jews, using the scriptures to demonstrate that Jesus was the Christ. 
As we've seen, the Apostle Paul also mentions Apollos in this letter, in uh, the letter that we're studying right now, a few times, and he addresses the divisions within the Corinthian church, noting that some Christians claimed allegiance to Apollos, while others, you know, uh, remained loyal to him. However, Paul clarifies that Apollos was not the founder of their faith, but simply a servant um, through whom they came to believe. Uh, well, a wise, a wise builder. The conclusion of at the the conclusion of this passage reveals significant insights from Paul. Firstly, he asserts that God has granted him the unique privilege of grace to establish churches. Secondly, he refers to himself as a master builder, which may initially sound egotistical. E egotistical. The thirdly, he the, the implication is that others are to build upon um, the foundation that he has laid. Finally, he says that none other, no, there's no other foundation other than Jesus Christ himself, that he is both the foundation and the ultimate and unchanging cornerstone. Paul refer, referred to himself as a master builder. This is, this is, um, is this just an egotistical claim or is it a statement of fact? Well, we're going to have to look at the evidence and let that speak for itself. He was the apostle to the Gentiles. So Paul is often called the apostle to the Gentiles. He played a crucial role in spreading the message of Jesus Christ beyond the Jewish communities and reaching out to non-Jewish people, greatly contributing to the uh, growth of, um, of, of Christianity. Then uh, Paul uh, is the author of many of the epistles. Paul wrote several letters or epistles that became part of the New Testament. These include Romans, Corinthians, both 1st and 2nd, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, uh, Colossians, Thessalonians, both 1st and 2nd, Timothy, both 1st and 2nd, Titus, and Philemon. And these letters contain valuable theology, Christian living teachings, and practical guidance for the, for the early churches. Then there was his missionary journeys. Paul embarked, in, uh, embarked on several missionary journeys to spread the gospel. His journeys covered significant regions of the Roman Empire, including present-day Turkey, Greece, uh, Cyprus, and others. Through his travels, he established new churches, nurtured existing ones, and proclaimed the message of Christ. Theological contributions. Paul's writing played a pivotal role in shaping Christian theology. His teachings on doctrines such as justification by faith, the role of grace, the body of Christ, the Holy Spirit, the resurrection, have profoundly influenced Christian Christians um, throughout throughout um, Christian thought rather throughout history. So, was he a master builder or was he a master manipulator? Today and throughout church history, there have been there have been individuals and groups who have criticized, expressed, uh, or have uh, expressed concerns about certain aspects of Paul's teachings and their interpretations. There were the Judaizers. In the early years of the church, some Jewish Christians, referred to as Judaizers, held strict adherence to Jewish laws and customs. They questioned Paul's teachings on the role of the Mosaic Law and urged uh, and argued rather for the necessity of circumcision and following Jewish rituals as a prerequisite to salvation. There was our Marcion and his crew, the Marcionites, Marconianites, I don't know how you would actually say that, but Marcion was the man in the second century. He was a prominent figure, um, presented, and he presented a distinct theology that emphasized a radical separation from the Old and the New Testaments. He rejected the Hebrew scriptures 
the Old Testament and regarded the God of the Old Testament as a, differ, a different and inferior deity compared to the God revealed in Jesus Christ. While Marcion did not directly criticize Paul, his rejection of the Old Testament influenced on how Paul's writing and the Old Testament were, were understood and used. Then there's the Pelagians, or the followers of Pelagius. In the 5th century, he was, a, he was a British monk, and he espoused, the view, he espoused the view that downplayed the doctrine of original sin and emphasized hu human free will and moral responsibility in salvation. Although Pelagius did not specifically target Paul in his teachings, his teachings clashed with certain aspects of, of, of Paul's emphasis on the role of grace and the need for salvation through, the faith, through faith in Christ. Well, what would Christianity look like without, without the Apostle Paul? Paul's con contributions were instrumental in shaping the early Christian movement, fostering uh, inclusivity, expanding its reach, guiding uh, a theology, organizing communities, and contributing to the development of the scriptures. His absence would undoubtedly left an indelible mark on the landscape, on the landscape of Christianity. Have you, have you ever considered what the church would look like without Paul? Well, Paul's role in welcoming non-Jewish people, the Gentiles in the early church community, was pivotal. Without him, the movement might have remained largely confined to Jewish communities, limiting its impact on Gentiles. Paul's profound theological contributions left a lasting mark on Christian doctrine. His writings explore essential topics like faith, grace, and the relationship between law and salvation. Without his influence, the early church might have taken a different theologi theological path, leading to alternative understandings of salvation and shaping the core beliefs of Christianity. And then, of course, Paul's adventurous missionary journeys expanded Christianity far beyond its Jewish roots, and without Paul's tireless efforts in establishing and nurturing churches, carrying the message of Christ across the vast Roman Empire, well, without Paul, would Christianity have spread the way that it did, or would it have remained a small subset of Judaism limited to Jerusalem and its surrounding areas? Paul was indeed a master builder. However, while Paul played a significant role in shaping early Christianity, the faith itself is founded upon Jesus Christ and the teachings of the other apostles. The influence of the other of the other early Christian leaders such as Peter, James, and John would still have played a vital role in the growth and the development of the church even in the absence of Paul. But returning to the text we can see that regardless of whom God appoints to plant or water, God bring forth God is the one that brings forth the increase and causes the gospel to triumph everywhere that it goes.